This is the best, 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 best practices in education and Odyssey School podcast. Let's fly away in a cloud. This podcast aims to offer professional resources, practical tools, and inspiring conversations to teachers and parents in their quest for excellent education. And the trees are rainbow, and you'll see the corn every now and then because that's not weird at all. Welcome to Best Practices, an Odyssey School podcast. My name is Corey Adams, and I'll be your host. Today, we're joined by high school math teacher and curriculum coordinator Grant Yost. Grant attended college at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga on the Tennessee River, where he graduated from the Honors College with a BS in Applied Mathematics and a focus in STEM education. While at UTC, Grant did research in the field of fractional calculus with the mathematics department and has two papers published there. Grant, welcome to the show. Hi, Corey. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're really happy to have you with us. And today our topic is about narrative feedback, which I'm super happy to dig into, but I wanted to start with a math subject (laughs) and hear a little bit about exactly what fractional calculus is. Okay, so um, calculus is a form of math where you start to think about the ways in which things change and functions and rates um, start to change and particularly with velocity and acceleration and things like that. Those are types of change that all relate to each other. Um, Fractional calculus is where you start to incorporate like little fractions of that change Mm -hmm. in in a complex way that really is mostly only applicable for like engineers and like, um, data science kind of stuff. So interesting. I love getting a little mathy math in the show so that we get a chance to just hear about the kinds of topics you are working through. And I know again today we're not doing we're not doing mathy math from a non-math person's perspective. So tell us about why you chose narrative feedback for your topic. Yeah. Um for me it's kind of a staple of my class. Um Feedback is so, so important in a classroom. And, you know, the way that most people just think about it is kind of a one-way street where the teacher gives the student a test, the student takes the test, the teacher gets feedback about how the student is doing in class. But Mm -hmm. really, there's so much more than that. And there's so much more nuance that um, you can add to a classroom because that a test or an exam or a homework or an assignment or something like that will tell you a little bit about um, if you taught the thing in a way that works for your students, but it doesn't tell you anything about why the thing did or did not work for them, what the student experience is like, what um, the classroom feels like for them uh, in terms of the culture and the level of comfortability and, and all that sort of stuff. So I think it's just a, a thing that I have found to be super beneficial for me as an educator when um, I'm teaching a class and you have new students every year to get to know those students and what types of things feel good to them when they're learning. 
What I love about you choosing this topic, one of the things is that we often think of high school students giving feedback and feeling, especially in a math class, and that can bring up some big feelings for teachers. Like Mm -hmm. my students are unhappy or disaffected or not understanding the material, and that's going to come out in the feedback that they're giving me. So it's so interesting the value you're placing on it. So can you maybe talk about what assessment looks like in your classroom before we even get into the why or how you're using it? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different ways that this looks in the classroom and it's a day-to-day basis. But really what I really focused on for this, want to focus on for this is um, I do what I call a reflection journal for students at the end of every unit where Mm -hmm. the students will write a journal entry um, as long or as short as they want and answer different questions that I ask. So um, they'll write about things like, how is the year going in general in the class? Are they uh, meeting any goals that they have set for themselves? Um, Do they feel like they're enjoying the class or Mm -hmm. not enjoying the class and why? Uh, do they feel like their confidence in their mathematical ability has changed in a positive or negative way and why? Um, and I always finish that journal with a question that is something like, what other feedback do you have for me about the way the class runs? <laughs> Are there specific things that you think work really well for you or don't work well for you? Are there, is there anything that you would change? And it gives the students a chance to really just say what they want to say and be sure. super honest And they write that down and I read those. And then the next class period, we'll have a a class discussion where um, we talk about each of those questions and everybody can have a chance to say what their thoughts were and hear the other students' thoughts. So they're not only thinking about their experience, but they're also hearing about the experiences that other students in their same class are having. So what I hear is when you're getting them to kind of metacognate about the process of learning you're giving them sort of a focused one focused question. Hey, tell me a little bit about this. Mm -hmm. And then also a catch all, like Mm -hmm. tell me about anything else you feel Mm -hmm. like might be going on for you. Right. I'm curious, what is the most unexpected feedback you've gotten? Um, some unexpected feedback that I've gotten recently was actually, I started doing a little bit more ACT practice in my classes this year and it's um kind of a stressful thing for some students and I was like okay we're gonna do 20 questions and I'm limiting your time this much and we would do that every week or two and I every time it happened the students like get a little stressed out and they're like Mm -hmm. oh god we gotta do this and it's timed and blah 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 but I've I got a lot of feedback recently that the students were like that is really helpful and we want to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was surprised because I was like, oh, I actually did not think you guys enjoyed that. But mm-hmm. they they were like, no, we, we think it's good. Very cool. And in regard to the other question, what are some of the things that you learn that you then are turning back around into your teaching practice and making adjustments in your class? Um, a lot of the things that I learned that spark change for my classes are focused around um, the pacing of the class and the way that the homework works and it doesn't always change that much but sometimes students will ask to do more of one particular type of assignment or ask Mm -hmm. for like 
more projects or more or less number talks or mm-hmm. um, trying to change the structure of the class to where they have more time um, to review homework together or less time. They, some, some students have said we spend too much time reviewing homework and would like to have more time for like content and activities in class that we can do. And so really it, it varies by class. And mm. that's the thing that changes each year with new students is like where, what feels best for them in terms of how our time in class is being used. And that's where most of the change comes. I would love to hear you pitch to your fellow high school teachers. Why? Like, why is it beneficial? Why should they think about doing it? And maybe Mm -hmm. even math teachers in particular. Yeah. Um, So I think one of the main reasons to do this is to give the students that extra step of thinking about their experience and what are they getting out of the class when they're in class? Um, This journal often gives those students a chance to stop and think like, why are we doing this? And like, do I actually think this is helping me learn or not? And then they're starting to take a little bit more ownership of their own learning, which is really huge. Um, It gives feedback for everybody. It gives feedback for me. It also, one thing that I love about it is that it gives me a chance to talk with the students. And that Mm -hmm. does a lot of things. It it helps build trust um, between me and the students because they trust that I am trying to do the best that I can to make the class the best that it can be for them. Mm -hmm. And um, they know at that point that I'm not going to like be harsh on them if they think the class is not going well. They've learned that like, oh, like this is actually a chance to be really, really honest. it also gives me a chance to explain why I do things the way that I do. So sometimes students will be like, I don't love this thing about class. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, like, what is that thing? So I don't love um, X. So for example, if a student says, I don't love uh, how much homework we have, right? <laughs> Some students have asked for more homework. Good. Some students really have asked real. for less homework, right? <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, okay, well, it, it gives me a chance to explain why I think it's important, right? And I'm like, this is why I choose the number of questions that I choose for your homework because it's intentional. Mm-hmm. And this is why I think it's important for you all. Um, is there a way that we can still meet these needs for you to practice and work on this material in a different way. And then sometimes they come up with different ideas that involve me changing the homework, lengthening or shortening it or whatever. And sometimes they're like, that actually makes a lot of sense. So another thing that happens in these moments where I can explain why I teach the way that I teach to them when they ask these questions is they sometimes are like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I guess it is important, you know, (laughs) and that happens sometimes. And what if they're like, no, that doesn't make any sense. And I still hate it. Um, then usually if that happens, they're like, well, I still hate it. And I just understand that like, there's not really a change that can be made here to make me feel better and to make you feel like you're doing what you need to do. Um, I think there's some trust in that too. I'll mm -hmm. just say, I think figuring out where the boundaries are and having a a sense of why they're there, particularly with high school students can be really valuable because I think that's engaging at a deeper level and it's Mm -hmm. building kind of those adult muscles for dialogue that we're trying to create. Right. 
So I, I really appreciate that. I'm curious, I know in part of your presentation, you brought in the integral model. And if there's a way for you to talk about that here, mm-hmm. even for people who are maybe unfamiliar. Sure. With the integral model, there's uh, the internal and the external and the individual and the collective kind of pieces. Mathematics, because of the nature of the content, most often, not always, but most often stays in the like, what is the thing and why does it work? You're thinking in that very um, individual pieces thing. You're not thinking about the like, what is my experience and what is the class experience? This type of reflection journaling really gets into those I and we parts of the, the AQUAL and discuss it. it. It makes students think more about like, what is my experience with mathematics? What are my feelings around mathematics? Um, what are the things that I like about what math does to my brain? And what are the things that I don't like? Sure. And the feelings that those in, encompass. And it also gets into the collective where we're discussing and the whole class as a, as a group is talking about like the culture. And sometimes it's like, we all hate this and then it's like, okay, (laughs) we need to make a change. Sure. Um, but it also helps students hear each other and know that like, there is this sort of collective teamwork aspect of any class that you're in because you are trying to learn this and you can think about that as all the students are working together as a team to learn these things in the best way for your whole team to progress. Yeah. And I, my brain actually stopped working as you were talking. When I heard feelings about math, Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh yeah, feelings about math. And I just, that's a real thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're a math teacher. Is it real? Do your students come in with feelings about math? Oh yeah. Uh, everybody has feelings about math. You know, mm-hmm. one part of my mission as a teacher is like to try to make those feelings generally more positive. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of folks, you talk to a lot of adults or people who are still in school and they're like, oh man, I always hated math. And like, I consider that one of my primary objectives in all of my teaching practices to try to like change that narrative a little bit to find the things that are positive and the experiences that help you gain confidence and gain skills that you will use. Um, and yeah, I I think it's just really important for us to accept the feelings that we have and talk about them and then understand that like, um, where they're coming from, what parts of the class, what parts of the, the math are making those feelings come up and how can we maybe adjust our perspective to see those things in a new way. So I heard, you know, when we were talking about outcomes, what I hear is when you're addressing those other aspects of the human experience your students are having. So not just the academic experience that, and you're getting that feedback too. How are they doing on their tests? How did the unit go? But you're hearing from them about how they feel about what's happening, what worked, what didn't getting them to consider it that that is actually building a stronger relationship over time. And so those are some of the outcomes. Um, I think if you could talk just a little bit more about the how, that could be really valuable for people who are listening, who are like, I want to implement this. So it Mm -hmm. sounds like, you know, 
I, as an administrator, really use narrative feedback, but we kind of do a longer feedback period that's like six months. But what does it look like in the classroom for a high school level class? Mm -hmm. So one thing that I definitely recommend is doing like kind of mini surveys at least every month or two at, at, at very least. Um, I do these journal entries that have four or five questions and have like a significant discussion around them at the end of each unit, which is every month or two. But I also build other things in to the class where I just take moments to say, so how did, how did you guys feel about that lesson? Like, did it work? And like, just have, have some conversations just in passing that don't have to be super significant or super extensive and let students just think about like, yeah, that, that was good. That's feeling good. And, you know, talking to your students is a big part of it. Um, (laughs) So big. There are also, you know, you can, you could just tack on a question or two to an assignment or an exam or something that you've got every week or two and be like, how does this like feel? Do you feel like this is beneficial for you? And, and, um, what are your thoughts on this assignment? For younger grades and for some folks, it might be easier to even make like a little Google poll where you have rating scales or you mm-hmm. have um, specific questions that are like maybe multiple choice or short answer or whatever, where students are just like, yep, feels good, does not feel good. I like this. I don't like this. Sure. And it's just the more, the better. Yeah, I love that. Are, is there any other advice you have that you want to share before we close for the day? You can't please all of the students all the time. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's great. (laughs) So wise. Yeah. I mean, it's a common thing. And that's part of the reason I think discussion is really important because you have, you might have one student give you some feedback individually in a journal or when you're talking to that particular student after class alone or something. And then if you don't make a change, then they'll be like, well, he just ignored everything I said. But sometimes if you have that conversation as a group, then they'll be like, oh, this is a suggestion that I had or a change that I want that other students don't want. Mm. And having that chance to actually talk about things and try to come to a consensus about what we can do that is the best for everybody and that is within everybody's range of tolerance Mm -hmm. um, is the best you can do. And sometimes... That means doing things that you know you got to do as a teacher that most of the students may not agree with. But in the end, you know, as the professional, you have to make those choices. Words of wisdom here today. (laughs) Thanks so much for coming to join us, Grant. Thank you, Corey. This has been Best Practices in Education, an Odyssey School podcast. It was recorded here in our music studio in Asheville, North Carolina at Odyssey School, engineered by our music director, River Gargarian, and the original theme music was created by the Misfits of Cragberry, an Odyssey student band. Let's fly away in a cloud.